Well, hey friends, welcome to the Restoring Home Podcast. We offer supports and resources to parents before, during, and after court. I'm your host, Lisa Welter, and in this episode, we're going to talk about microaggressions in our interpersonal relationships. Our family mediators and marriage and family therapists, Christine Janod and Katie Stengel, engage in a very interesting conversation on what causes this sabotaging in our family and household relationships and even in our co-parenting relationships as well. So lean in with me as Christine and Katie get started. Um, I'm Christine Janad, licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a mediator and parenting consultant. And we also have um, I'm Katie Stengel. I am also a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I'm also a registered play therapist as well as a mediator. Yeah, well, it's talking about microaggressions in relationships. Um, you know, and, and really, it's, it's those little nuances that can can be such a slight to you. Um, but then it's not always like overt, you know, it's sometimes the little things. Um, and if, you know, speaking in terms of like co-parenting, um, you know, one thing that I, I really try to encourage um, in mediation, but in therapy as well is, is, you know, when you're talking about your ex, you know, you know, say your mom's going to be picking you up, you know, whereas some parents will fall into your mother, you know, and it's little oh. things like that, that yeah. it's just, it's like, well, I mean, that doesn't sound positive. Granted, they're not saying anything mean, you know, but it's those little just tiny yeah. tweaks where if you say mom is going to pick you up, it still just makes it the kid yeah. feel so much better. And, and I, I also think of that reminded me of a situation where one parent said, well, you know, your other parents always late. Maybe they won't be late this week. Yeah. And then that's teaching the child to go and posture negatively toward that other parent. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I've had people come into my office and go, well, good luck with us because therapy never works for our family. And so they've decided ahead of time that it's not going to work. And then they say it in front of the kid who, who then gets permission to go, well, I don't have to listen to this. Yeah. 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 I I like the idea of um, talking about microaggressions in um, co-parenting and it can happen even if you're co-parenting in the same household, it parents align one another against the children frequently. And they go, you can tell if it's happening in your house by if a kid goes to the other parent for help when one parent has said, put your jammies on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or even saying things like, oh, you're just like your mother, or you're not always, like you said before, you know, those little things that, um, you know, might not seem real big. They're just tiny slights, um, but they still over time can be very damaging to relationships, whether it's co-parenting relationships, romantic relationships, or parent-child relationships. And and I think to, like, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and the hosts were slamming on Prince Harry and Meghan. They were just slamming on their new Netflix series and going on and on and on. And they were saying things like, (laughs) They are both narcissists and I'm driving and I'm going, listening to this and I'm going, you're not qualified to diagnose. And you, and why don't you say it in a different way instead of making it like, um, a, like a truth statement, 
you know, or a benediction. They are this. Why don't yeah. you just say, you know, I'm uncomfortable um, when you don't listen to my point of view or, uh, you know, yeah. and especially if you tell somebody you always or you never. Um, there you go. Yep. It, it's, yeah. it, it's an that's a microaggression. Yep. Um, oh, absolutely. But what what about this one? I think kids use this one a lot with adults. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I was just flapping my lips over here, sweetheart. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> or I forgot. Yes. Yep. And or even that. <laughs> yeah, and I think even with um and now with the with the amount of everybody, every newborn is issued a smartphone in the hospital nursery. So, I mean, we had the world looking down and being distracted. So, to me, that to me is a microaggression on, are you really going to look at me when we talk? Am I going to have to repeat myself? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's with the microaggressions too, you know, it's, it's trying, especially in the co-parenting relationship is trying to figure out, you know, like the biggest thing is obviously don't dehumanize, you know, that other parent, um, you know, and, and speak lesser of them. And, and the more, and I don't, and I hope most people know, um, but the more we talk badly about that other parent, um, we're actually doing more damage to our relationship with our kids than yeah. the other parent, you know, because oh. they, those kiddos, they know they're half of, you know, both parents, they're yes. half a dad, half a mom, you know, you're saying something like, oh, that, you know, that's so like your mother, you know, they're like, well, but what about me? And, you know, yeah. and that's another way that these little kids, you know, we, we need to realize how they process yeah. this stuff. Um, and again, they love both of you they don't want to hear anything bad they don't and when you have one parent that really has done some really awful things uh, it ha that happened in my situation and my child said to me do I have a black mark on the inside of me too yeah. and, and I had to sit down and say absolutely not your father made some choices and I had never used the term black mark so that was her um deciding that there was some awful scribble on, on her. And so realizing that the kids, they don't think concretely fully until maybe age 18. And the brain is not done developing till late 20s. And I do think the microaggressions are the secret sauce to sabotage family relationships of all kinds. Yeah. I mean, how, how often have you heard somebody say, well, this and this happened. However, I have to go for Christmas because they're family. Yeah. They did. Um, I've had people tell me they've been raped and that they still have to go to Christmas wow. because the person that raped them is there and the family won't like if they don't go. So the idea of the, the high, scary, seriously wounding um, toxicity that's there in the yeah. whole family we have to do this for family has got twist has gotten twisted yeah yeah when it's yeah it really does it, it, especially with co-parenting is you know having healthy boundaries um you know it it, it sounds sometimes um not um really what families want is to sometimes see that co-parenting relationship more as a business relationship sure. um especially if you can't if you, if you, if you get off on tangents on something else and you cause conflict with each other, seeing it more business-like, you know, again, having empathy for kids and everything, but 
you know, having those high boundaries with, with that, your ex, if, if you can't keep the microaggressions out is at least what you can do for yourself um, to make sure you're not taking in some of those aggressions and, and being able to, to know that at least in your space, you know, you can try your best to not, you know, degrade the other person or these other yeah. things. Um, and then it's also not accepting it, you know, if they, exactly. they maybe want to say these things about me, you know, but I'm not, I'm not going to let it in, which also is going to help you not then want to say something back about them. Well, I learned a really cool thing with my five-year-old. She would come home from her visits with her bio dad and say all kinds of things that were very upsetting. Mommy, daddy said you are sick in the head. Mommy, daddy said you're crazy. Mommy, daddy said, I mean, she would go on and on and I would get all blustery and flustered. And so I went to um, a child therapist to see what I needed to do in the process. And she just smiled at me and she said, don't answer and don't defend. Simply yep. say, what do you think? And it was, that was the, the gold, that was the gold standard. So from then on, she'd say all these insane things to me that he was trying to program in her. And I'd go, Oh, honey, what do you think? And she'd go, Oh, I, I think daddy's silly. Or I, I I think daddy doesn't know how to talk and she had it nailed. And so, so then she, then she would go, well, why does daddy do that? Mommy. And so I thought, okay, how do I tell a five-year-old anything without sounding really judgy? So I just said, what's two plus two? And she goes four. And I said, you know what? Your dad thinks two plus two equals a banana. (laughs) And she went, well, that's really silly. And I said, yeah. And that's why he does some of these things. It's very sad, isn't it? So um, we, we got around it that way. And then I've used that, you know, in years since working with other families and the whole idea, even if it's not a microaggression, but just asking your kid, like, instead of you don't love me, do you? I mean, little kids do that all the time. You're the meanest mom in the world. Instead you go, you really think so? Instead of like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know, you, you think so? And see what they say then. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, being able to, to, to not, engage in some of that back and forth. Um, and knowing that, you know, again, you not defending yourself, it's not that we're not defending yourself. It's knowing being so secure in yourself, knowing I know I'm not this, you know, and kids will, they will experience you. And sometimes it's reminding the kids, well, what's your experience of me? You know, because really that's the the only thing that matters is how are, how are they feeling with you? You know, not how dad feels that they feel I am, you know, it's like, how do you feel you and I are? What is your experience of me? You know, and they're going to know, they're going to see, I mean, we all know that actions will always speak louder than words. Um, you know, and so they'll, they'll see it, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, both co-parents cannot, you know, say these things about each other. Um, but it's also realizing we can't control other human beings. So we can't control what our ex says about us, but in the moment that you're with your kid, you can control your reactions and it's knowing that at least you're giving them that. And, and I've said to clients, you know, the kids know who the safe parent is. And if, if it's not going to be both of you, they're going to notice who is safer and they will, they will move in that direction. You know, you can demand visitation up, up and down, you know, the calendar forced interaction while you're being a bitter person is not going to have an adult kid want to know you. 
And so sometimes I say to parents, you know, what do you, what do you want your 25 year old kid to be to you? How involved do you want to be in there? And most of the parents that are in the middle of all this are not thinking beyond right now. Yep. They're, they're not even thinking if they have a six-year-old, they're not even thinking 10 years out. So the idea is, and I say this with in healthy parenting too, is you got that little newborn in your arms. Who do you want to be in this little person to be when they're 18? You get to start right now impacting their character and their experiences. We don't wait for this one conversation someday. We're constantly showing consistency, love, um, you know, um, responsibility. And then also what's not hovering, but being mindful. Like I like to say, holding the other person in high regard. Don't expect that the other parent or the kid is going to mess up again. Don't expect that this therapist is going to be as bad as the last therapist. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone giving everyone that chance and that opportunity. And yeah. And knowing again that you, you know, as co-parents, you know, the less you talk bad, the better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in mediation, you know, the beauty of transformative mediation isn't about who's winning. It's how are we going through the process? Yeah. And, and really, because really, if it's really about winning, then we should be playing some sport. Yes. Yeah. Well, because in conflict, I mean, if we go into it wanting to win, I mean, we've lost because with conflict, I mean, to navigate conflict, there's got to be negotiation, there's got to be compromise, you know, and so the same with mediation, if, if, you know, the two parties come in and they don't want to budge off of any of the things that they're wanting, you know, it's going to make it really hard to, to get any movement. Yeah. Um, in one of the, I did also, I was also trained in the facilitative mediation um, a few years back. And one of the trainer attorneys described a, a real case where a couple had lots of wealth and property and they were agreeable about everything except this one hanging plant on the porch. They spent $200,000 on the plant. Oh, wow. And it, they, they just use that as an example of, you know, dying on a hill that's really not necessary. So the idea of winning, and then this idea to me, I see this a lot with custody where, a parent thinks that if the kid wants to be at the other parent's house, they're losing and that the other parent has won or is trying to color the child's mind. Do you see that much? Oh yeah, definitely. It's almost like keeping score (laughs) except for these kids not keeping score of anything. No, they're Mm -hmm. not. And yeah, that that's where, yeah, I, I would really like to see, parents not holding on to that piece of paper that says I get them every Thursday or else and you're holding my child from me Uh, and to really be the person that the child could actually speak to which is terrifying for kids oh yes well I mean parents can't control kids but parents can take things (laughs) you know and so I mean you mentioned cell phones and all these other things there is that fear especially if there isn't already 
um, developed this open communication where kids can have thoughts, kids can have opinions, you know, kids can set boundaries, you know, but if they haven't experienced that, it can be scary to have to figure out, you know, how do I do this? Yeah. And unfortunately, I have met adults who have spent their life trying to make sure the more amenable parent is pleased with them. And then they come skidding into their 20s and they don't know what they stand for. And they still want to please that parent. And that parent is fine doing their own thing with their own new partner. And so the idea of parents holding, um, keeping grudges, keeping score, and treating the children as commodity instead of blossoming human beings is so dangerous. We don't need more people in this world that don't know how to think on their own. Exactly. I think the greatest gift is to be curious, you know, and even if you've got that, you know, witchy sister-in-law who's, you know, always saying something negative, like, oh, your house is so cute (laughs) and your diamond is so sweet. They're saying all those little, you know, backhanded compliments and realize who's that coming from? Who's saying that? Where, where are they in your everyday life? And, you know, be able to just smile and say, you know, you've just got the cutest vocabulary, you know, You know, and you're you smile so nice. I mean, the if if we can just stop the the reaction to every single thing as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I do well, think words matter. Words matter very much, and yes. we're charged to be very careful with them. Yeah, that and and our tone. Our tone yes. can set the stage for a lot of things. Yeah, I love. I'm going to go into. I haven't played with our family wizard for a while. I'm going to go in and. Um, play around because if they have a tone thing I'm in love yeah I think it's awesome just because again I mean if if you're responding and that's the other thing is with co-parents you guys don't don't answer right away I mean sit on it think on it because a lot of the time there's a lot of things you don't actually have to respond to but when emotions get triggered I mean yeah then that's why we we risk these things and these microaggressions coming out yeah is there anything else that you you would want to to kind of talk about when it comes to the co-parenting relationship and microaggressions or? Um, I guess the only thing I would say is, um, I don't know we need to talk about it, but my one comment is that it's kind of fun when you're in a situation where you know the other person is doing that microaggression stuff and you know it and you can just sit there and smile and be like, and the weather is so lovely, isn't it? Um, you know, I just, I personally in my life, when I see someone trying to pull that on me, I, I just get a little giggle on the inside. Like, I don't know. What about you? Do you? Yeah, well, and yeah, for me, my biggest thing is, you know, if you're in that space, um, for me, I see it more as that's kind of a bummer because for if you're in a really happy, healthy place with yourself, because that's the most important thing, your longest relationship of your life is with yourself. You know, yeah. so if you feel good about yourself, we don't tend to feel the need to then tear other people down. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I do a lot of like sometimes not even hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then teaching our children to not hear it too. Like I had a little guy, seven years old, a couple of years ago, and he came into the office, he was stomping his feet and he sat down and he said that at recess, this boy told him he was stupid and he was really mad. And I looked at him and I said, I didn't know you were stupid. And he goes, I'm not stupid. And I said, 
well, you're not stupid. And he told you he's stupid. You're stupid. And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, he got the information wrong. <laughs> and then he kind of sat there and he smiled. And I said, he, he was, he could have came and said, you were a clock yep. you know? and he was wrong. And so he liked that. He sat there and smiled. So, you know, getting kids to realize just because somebody says it does not still mean it's true. Yep. Yep. Our opinions of ourselves are the most important ones. Yeah. There's a lot of fragility in this world, walking around between our, under our masks. Yeah. Yeah. This has been really fun, Katie. Yeah, it has. I look forward to the next time we get to do this. Absolutely. Wow, I think all of us listening to this see microaggressions everywhere. Christine and Katie, thank you so much for being willing to provide a lens and a helpful strategies for us as parents and community members to think about ways in which we may be contributing to microaggressions or uh, fueling the fire of it in our relationships. That was incredible. This particular episode was sponsored by Christine Junod's office. Renaissance Therapy and Consulting is in the Buffalo, Minnesota area. Christine provides mediation and therapeutic services at her office or via Zoom. And she loves working with families who are working through trauma, mental health, marital dissolutions, or other forms of general conflict in the family or household. You can find more information about Christine's office and get a hold of her by email or phone on our website at restoring-home.com. We'll make sure there's a direct link to her on the website as well. And we'll see you next week, folks. Take care.